Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. This is Word on Business brought to you by Bank of America. And today we're featuring Shane West. He's founder and CEO of West Point Training. Um, And we're also joined by Ariola Harper. She is Senior Executive Vice President of the Enterprise Center. Shane, good morning. Great morning. Great morning. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And we're also joined, of course, by Iola Harper from the Enterprise Center. Iola, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am doing well. I'm doing well. So, Shane, I want to thank you for joining us this morning, man. Your business came recommended to us. um, And how did you start your business? Uh, Well, first of all, I'd like to say, like I said earlier, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure and honor. Uh, West Point training, it started in a very, very dark place. In 2009, I was sentenced to 10 years in federal prison, uh, which started as a curse, became a gift. Fitness found me, and fitness helped save my life. Fitness helped uh, give me purpose. Um, Fitness allowed me to identify ways to deal with trauma, deal with negative emotions, uh, and then I seen how fitness was able to give me purpose, even in a very dark place where I was creating classes, helping to change people's lives, and more importantly, change people's mindset. Uh, so I had no idea what I was going to do when I returned home to the general society. Um, but fitness was right there in my face from day one. Mm. Uh, in prison is where I began to create my business model. Business is where I began to create the vision. And when I came home, I just hit the ground running. Okay. In 2016, uh, I formulated the, the LLC West Point Training and started things from there. Mm-hmm. So you had already been involved in athletics as as a younger man, as as a uh, high school student. You you were one of the top um, basketball players in the country. Talk talk about that. Yes, uh, you know, sports and, and demographics in which uh, people like myself grow up in is, is an outlet. Uh, it's, a, it's an escape from the harsh realities of impoverishment and lack of resources. And like many others, I took to it and, and, and fell in love with the sport of basketball. Uh, I was always a great student, not because I wanted to be, because I just wasn't competitive. Um, and I got awarded opportunity to go to a school called Princeton Day School, a very prestigious academic institution in Princeton, New Jersey. I excelled on the basketball court. Academically, things were a bit challenging. And I wound up transferring to a school called St. Benedict's Prep in North New Jersey. By my senior year, I was ranked in the top 100 in the country uh, and the number nine point guard going into my spring signing period as a senior. But, uh, you know, most people didn't know as a national men basketball player, I wasn't also I wasn't just handing out assists, I was handing out drugs. So even in high school, I was involved with drug dealing. So, you know, the the, the allure of the streets, man, is is always there. Where did you grow up? I grew up in a neighborhood in Trent, New Jersey called Wilbur Section. I take very serious pride in that neighborhood. Uh, it taught me a lot of the great principles that I like to display today, but like most impoverished communities, you know, it's filled with hopelessness, despair, uh, drug addiction, gang violence, 
you name it. You know, it's right there. And, you know, I got a bird's eye view of it. But as soon as I walk out my house, literally, if I walk out the back, my backyard, I'm right there in the thick of things. Because as you leave my backyard, the neighborhood park is right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you got on the on the one side, you got basketball. On the other side, you, you got the streets. And, you know, when, when you look back on it now, what, what would you say to your younger self now? That's a great question. Um, I would just tell my younger self just to start changing the environment more. Mm. Uh, because even though uh, I played sports on a high level, I always made myself available to the negative things that were going on in my neighborhood. And despite the fact that I wasn't actually participating in selling drugs, I was around it. Yeah. Right. And I was, I, I tell people all the time, you know, life is like math. I don't care how positive you are. If you're around a bunch of negativity, eventually you can succumb and you will succumb to it. Mm. And I fell victim to that. I, mean, mm-hmm. I despise drugs. Me and my friends, we made a pact at a very at a very young age that none of us was going to sell drugs, um, but most of us did, and I was the one who sold it at a very high level. You know, I take everything that I do very serious. You know, I'm an extremist. I do one or two things: I either go hard left or hard right. Yeah, and that's what I did when I began selling drugs. Mm-hmm. But my younger self, I would just tell him, you know, just to stay more around the positive people because I had opportunities. Yeah, I, I had I had people in my life that could have helped me, but I chose to spend most of my time in the negative places. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it was like I was playing ball, going to school. But as soon as I got an opportunity, I was right back on the streets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know, you you start your business vision really in in prison, and so you know, you get out twenty sixteen. You you actually start this business. What was it like starting this business? For me, it was exciting, mm-hmm. right? Because it, it was a challenge. You know, at, at a young age of 25, 26, I remember at 16 years old, I told my mother I was going to be a multi-millionaire. Mm-hmm. And, and, and she kind of laughed at me. I don't think she could have fathomed it. You know, for me, I thought it was going to be through basketball, through sports. But lo and behold, it, it became through some drugs, narcotics. Um, and you know, when I came home, I was no longer a millionaire. I wasn't a millionaire when I went to jail. Mm-hmm. But the competitive spirit and competitive nature that I had, I was like, you know, I want to prove to myself and to others that I can become a multi-millionaire, affect positive, uh, make positive impact on people at the same time. So it was exciting. It was like a challenge. You know, I love a challenge. And I was just excited by the challenge. I, I, I told myself when I was incarcerated that I didn't care about the nose. I was just going to focus on the yes. So just the challenge of navigating through the nose is exciting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're doing this business now. It, it is a training business. Um, and where do you see yourself going with this business? Where, where do you where do you want it to go? Well, West Point training, that's why I named it West Point training, because I didn't want people to get confused and think that this was a, a brand that was just focused on fitness. Yes, fitness is a component, but it's a three-pronged component. West Point training focuses on helping people become the best version of themselves through fitness, first and foremost, right? I mean, that's the obvious. We have a training facility where we specialize in small group training, one-on-one training, strength and conditioning, sports-specific training. Uh, but the second problem is education. So I teach education through rational thinking principles that I learned while I took the course while incarcerated. 
and it helped change my life. It helped change the way I see things. Uh, it, it allowed me to, to identify my feelings, how to deal with trauma, how to deal with my emotions, right? So we use those principles not only to help people in their training as far as you know, improving their body, but most importantly, their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third prong is you know, the speaking. I'm a motivational speaker uh, who shares my story to impact and hopefully uh, help people begin to tap into their purpose and fulfill their purpose. I focus on you know, speaking about the value of time and the importance of decision. So I don't want people to think that you know West Point training is a place where you're just going to come and get a sweat, you're just going to get on the treadmill. No, you're going to come in here and you're going to change your life. You're going to come here and be around some positive people who've been through some rough times but we came through it. I like to tell people all the time, the way we train is the way we live. And I truly believe that. That's why I, I think that fitness kind of found me because fitness proves that I'm the type of person that when I dive in, I go all the way in. And it's a direct correlation. Like your muscles can't grow without trauma. Mm-hmm. You cannot go in life without trauma. Mm-hmm. Right? So you're going to come here and you're going to get a great workout. You're going to get some wisdom. Right? You're going to get some principles that you can stand on and think better. Right? And you're going to get some motivation and some inspiration to help prepare you to the next level. So Iola, you you hear um, Shane and and his business and and what he does. Um, you know, what are your thoughts? I have a lot of thoughts, um, Shane. First, I am really inspired, and I'm inspired not because of um, your business, but because of all that you have overcome. Um, and I know you're here to get advice, but I need to ask you share something with you and ask you something. Um, I teach entrepreneurship to incarcerated persons and because I realize that entrepreneurship is going to be a a major way that they can acquire wealth. Right. Um, How would you recommend or how would you say that you got out and you, you, you obviously have the right mindset, but how would you say you got out and got it started because I'm consistently trying to tell them that it's not going to be easy, but that they can do it. Um, and so how did you get out, get it started and, and begin to market your business in a way that shows how you wrap around a person, um, how you, how you, uh, incorporate their mind and their body, um, together. So, so what, what, how, how do you do that? Well, uh, you know, business is business, right? Uh, I don't think anyone grows up and say, you know, I want to go to jail. Right? I don't think anyone grows up and say, I want to put my life in danger, right? And, but when you make a decision to become a drug dealer or to get involved with streets, that's the contract that you sign. See, for me, I just, I like money, right? I was attracted to money because I didn't have it, right? So I don't care. They would have put toilet tissue on my hand. I would have sold that if they said it's safe. So business is business. I realized that I did not like being in prison. I like money. Right? Mm-hmm. I tell people all the time that I believe, me personally, I believe that people who come from the streets who sell drugs, they have the potential to be the, the greatest entrepreneur because our risks and rewards, right? If you do, if you make a bad decision in legitimate business, you might lose a relationship, some money, but in the streets, you lose your life. You lose yeah. your freedom. Yeah. So your decision-making has to be like epic, impeccable, yeah. right? So so with that being said, I believe that, especially the ones who reach a certain level, 
they have the potential to be great entrepreneurs. But mm-hmm. You got to change your environment, right? You can't just change your mindset and, and still be stuck in the same environment. That's what led me down the wrong path. So I didn't know what, how they started a legitimate business. I never even had a credit card, right? Right. People who did. So I, in fact, when I was in prison, I surrounded myself with these types of people. I was in federal prison. So I used to train, I used to run the fitness program in one institution. And one of my good friends was a, a white collar criminal who had white collar criminal friends. And I got a focus group together in prison. And I asked them questions. Mm-hmm. It was about marketing, branding, it was about loans, anything that I could think of to help my business when I got home, I asked them. And then when I got home, I went and talked to business owners. Yes. Business started. What do I do to get an LLC? What is an LLC? Right? And I'm still yeah. learning. Right? I, I like to do a lot of talking, but only on the things that I got experience in and expertise. And I don't know. I'm a lot of ears. I hope that they, they are listening today. They're listening to you today. Um, and this is really, it's kismet that you're on this show. Um, my other question is how, or have you thought about really marketing to young people because um, they really, really, our young people today could really, really use um, what what it is that you have to offer. So have you thought about contracting through schools, um, through rec centers? Um, because I, I just see you really being able to begin to change some of these young people's minds. Uh, well, I've already been doing that. Okay. I've already been doing that. Um, like I said, you know, with West Point training, it ain't just the fitness. The fitness is the carrot. It's the thing that gets people attention, right? Whether they're looking and they see my van or they're looking and they see the workout videos until they meet me, until they have a conversation with me. They say, oh, there's more to this, right? My passion, I thought my passion and my purpose was basketball at one time in my life. Then it was a point in time that I thought God made me so good. I thought I was that good at it. And people told me that I was that good at it. I said, and I got a lot of dope. My neighborhood happy. My friends are happy, right? Maybe this is my purpose. It's, 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 it's crazy as that sound, right? Then when I, fitness discovered me, I thought it was fitness. Then the first time I got an opportunity to speak, I was in prison. St. Francis University was across the street from one of the institutions I was incarcerated in. And they came in with their boys basketball team and men's basketball team to perform for the inmates. Lo and behold, the head basketball coach recognized me out of all of the inmates and told me that he recruited me while I was in high school. Mm. I to speak to this team after the practice. It was the first time I ever spoke. It was the first time I ever disclosed everything about me. And it was exhilarating. It was exhilarating to watch a group of men hold on to every word that I had to say. It was exhilarating to see grown men cry, laugh, but more importantly, think because of what I was telling them. And... I loved it. And at that moment, I said, man, this felt like I'm playing basketball again. And I wanted to do more of it. The year before, a year before I got released from prison, I was a part of this program uh, where they hand selected 20 inmates and brought in 20 college students with two college professors. And it was a sports psychology program where we talked about how sports impact every facet of life. And I pretty much was the third professor in the class. Mm-hmm. The professors called me down and they said, Shane, you know, uh, students are going back and talking about you. And they want, we got more students who want to take the program because of what they're hearing you're doing in the class. But we don't have space, but we got more than enough room to bring you to the school. 
They got permission from the war to take me out of it, out the prison. And I went and spoke to the school called Mount Aloysius. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was so, like, so surprised because I'm thinking I'm going to speak to maybe 30, 50 students. I spoke to the entire student body. And this one girl came up to me at the end of my speech and she was crying. And I'm talking about crying like she she just lost her dog and she was just boiling with tears. And I'm like, why are you crying like this? And she told me that I saved her life. And you know, I'm like, what, what do you mean? She said, she said that she was on suicide watch that week. And her mm. was in my class. And her best friend told her that I, she needed to hear me speak. And she was like, you're so positive, you're so perseverant. You make me want to live. That your issues that you dealt with in your past, they minimize my problem. You make me want to live. And just telling this story right now, I get emotional about it because this this girl, she did more for me than I ever did for her. Yeah. Right. And then I said, man, it's the power of testimony. It's the power. And I like to tell the people that, that I'm not just a fitness trainer, right? I'm not just a speaker. Right? I'm, a, I'm a living, breathing, walking testimony. My God runs through my body. He uses it. I would not yes. change nothing in my life because I won't have the same impact. So I've been going around sharing my story, giving my service away free of charge, right, uh, to student athletes in particular. You know, I tend to, to connect a lot with the student athletes, the at-risk youth. But I'm willing to tell this story to anybody who's willing to listen. And, you know, because not, not only is for them, because I tell people all the time, I'm selfish, but I'm a good kind of selfish. Right? I know that giving makes me feel good. Right? I know that sharing my story right, is therapeutic. Yes. And I know when I'm talking to those kids, it's like I'm talking to myself because I wish I would have had me to talk to when I was their age. Shane, one of the things that, that I asked you in our, our pre-interview questions was about uh, your, your biggest challenge. And you talked about access to capital. And so um, I'm going to bring on Kaia Huddy and uh, just let her a- a- address some of that. Kaia, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Shane. How are you today? I'm doing well. Great morning. Good morning. I your story is amazing. It just it just really is just nothing shy of amazing. I just have a couple questions for you because with all business owners, um, and especially you know now that we're focusing on your business today, access to capital is just definitely something that's very very important. How have you funded your business? And it's a two part question. And where do you see your business in the next two years or next two to five years? Well, most of my business initially was funded through, you know, personal uh, gains, personal capital. Uh, as I began to, you know, develop my network system, uh, I started getting access to, you know, other people's money. Uh, I, I train a banker. Uh, I train another uh, guy who's a grant writer. So I started, you know, finding resources to help fund my business through grants, through loans, you know, I told uh, Solomon in, in our uh, text uh, messages uh, that, you know, credit and debt has become the two best friends of my business. Um, uh, in, in the next two to five years, I'm looking to, to, to either A, get out of that credit or debt or, you know, B, get more credit or debt. But either way, I'm looking to expand the business, you know, to a point where, you know, there's West Point trainings and, you know, underserved communities, impoverished communities. Um, because not only is capital a huge challenge for, I, I like to say I have a growing business. I don't like the word small for mm-hmm. growing businesses, um, especially in, in the demographic that I tend to serve is the mindset. 
right? Uh, to get people to prioritize their health and wellness um, from a preventative standpoint is very difficult. Oftentimes, they have to go to the doctor, find out that they have some type of health complications before they even start considering um, prior to prioritizing their health. Um, so that's something that, you know, I, I see and envision the business growing in that aspect. But I also envision myself, you know, touring the country, touring the world, uh, spreading my message, spreading my story, uh, teaching these principles, because if I could change, I mean, then anybody could change. You know, I vividly, like, I, I'm a movie buff. Uh, and, and I get very, very emotional and, and attached to movies. Uh, I've been on a documentary kick, but, you know, the Rocky, I can remember at the end of when he beat Ivan Rago and he said, you know, if, if I could change, you know, if you could change. And that's, that's just how I look at it, right? If I could help people change their mindset, then they could help other people. And it's just like an avalanche. So in the next two to five years, I see myself in this business, uh, in this brand, you know, helping people lose thousands of pounds, right? Helping thousands of people change their mindset uh, to become the best versions of themselves. Can you help me stop eating these hoagies that we got left over from Christmas? Okay. <laughs> can, you stick, can you help me do that? <laughs> uh, yeah, man. All right, you just gotta have up. some discipline and some accountability, man. Yeah. You just gotta, you know, if you really want something bad enough, man, you, you, you just gotta stand on it. I tell people all the time, man, God didn't bless me with Kobe Bryant's uh, athleticism or height, but at a very young age, he, he he blessed me with a mindset that I've always been determined, I've always been driven, I've always had this certain level of discipline. When I set my mind to do something, I'm going to do it or I'm going to die attempting to do it. I hear you. I hear you. So I got just got to eat this last one and then I'm going to get at you after I eat this nah, last man, one. I got to eat this last here. one. It's nah, still man. here. <laughs> you know, I see I all the time I'm going to start January 1st. Now you might not make it to January 1st. I hear you. Right, let's start right now. now mm -hmm. I, people say, oh, a habit takes 28 days. No, a habit takes the first moment you say you're going to stop it or you're going to do it. I know that's right. So, Kaia, in terms of that financing, you know, what is your advice? So my advice is definitely um, just the same, using the same analogy that Shane said about your um, about your physical health, you definitely want to make sure that you're doing the same thing with your financial health. So you want to sit down with, and I see that you you said that you work with a banker, but here yeah. at Bank of America, we definitely sit down and we make a six-month plan, a year plan, a two-year plan, a five-year plan, and you want to have check-ins and check-ups um, so that you are not only building on that credit platform, but you're decreasing the debt that you said you wanted to pay off. And then also to developing habits in the future so that you don't go backwards, you know, and you know how to move forward. And then also too, to help you expand the business. One area that Bank of America that uh, we leverage is um, just providing access to capital and credit for entrepreneurs. And I definitely want to um, connect with you after the call so that I can, you know, um, help you with that. But we have capital investors at Bank of America that helps businesses within the community. And um, it's through our website. So it's uh, www.accessthecapitaldirectory.com. And we have over a thousand um, different um, uh, outlets where in different companies, organizations, and even private investors that will definitely be an asset and help you. So I would love to get with that. I'm with it. Thank you. I need all the help I can get over here. I hear you. I want to thank all of you uh, for joining us. And Iola, I do want to give you a chance to, uh, you know, just address some of of what we've heard, these fantastic things we've heard from from Shane today before we go. 
Yeah, I just want to suggest two things for you. One is that you form a board of directors, Shane, because um, you can use um, seasoned advisors around you. And you need to have a board of advisors in order to move into what's called equity for your business. And so, you know, you need debt, but in order to really grow and excel, there is a financial vehicle called equity. And that is where people invest in your business without needing to repay it right away um, in exchange for having feedback, being able to provide feedback and, and input into your business. So I'm happy to talk to you about that as well. But a board of directors is what you really need right now. Okay. All right. Right. I'm all ears. Yep. Okay. All right. All right. So I'm going to put the three of you in, in touch with each other. Uh, because I think it's important uh, to continue this conversation after the show. But Shane, how do people get in touch with you and your business? Uh, you can find me at uh, West Point. That's W-E-S-T-P-O-I-N-T-U-S-A-F-A.com. That's my website. Uh, you can get any service there from the, the training to the education to the speaking. All that's available there. You can uh, follow me on Instagram. That's West W-E-S-T. W-E-S-T underscore point U-S-A-F-A. U-S-A as in the country, F as in Frank, A as in Apple. All right. And um, Ayola Harper, how do people get in touch with you? You can reach me at the Enterprise Center. It's uh, iHarper at the Enterprise Center dot com or 215-895-4000. All right. And Kaya Huddy at Bank of America. How do people get in touch with you? Yes, you can call me directly. That's 215-600-4799. Or you can email me. That's Kaia, K-I-E-A dot Huddy, H-U-T-T-Y at B-O-F-A dot com. All right. Well, I want to thank all of you for joining us this morning on WURD. Have a great day. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 